0: Hello, hello! It's Jessica. It's Jen. You know who you clicked on. It's Fat <laughs> Mascara, your beauty podcast.
1: We're getting into yeah, the, It's a big one. It's a big one. Big yeah. replay. We're getting into
0: the dog days of summer. We're wrapping up our like pseudo month away. wasn't really because we kind of were still working, but we do have some great replay interviews. In this one is a big one. Jess, when I was coming, I was like, okay, Garen, the hair slice. I forgot until I re-listened to this episode to edit it and to put it into this format that he was the co-founder of R&Co. I completely forgot that.
1: Are you kidding? I mean, this is like a major, major, well, you know, there's, there's been so many milestones in Garen's career that like, how can I pick one? He had a line and then the Co was like one of his other lines. But Co has been the big runaway success. But when I think of Garen. But I think
0: that, can I just interject? I think that's why, because to me, it just feels like its own line. Like I don't remember being tied to one person. That television shampoo and conditioner, they probably sell like gangbusters of that. That stuff is so good. It just feels like an institution now, Co. But it was
1: fairly new when we interviewed him. I think that was smart. I I remember there was a dinner for uh, the launch dinner for R&Co and it had all the founders together. But I do think that was a smart strategy to not make it about one hairstylist. It was a collective. Yes. This is not about R&Co. We do talk about that though. We do. But like, there's too much to talk about with Garen because there's so many things. We we could have a whole freaking like mini 10 part podcast series. We could do like a Netflix four part documentary, Harry and Meghan style. about dude he did (laughs) Audrey hepburn's
0: hair garen did audrey hepburn's hair he's done oprah's hair he's done
1: madonna's hair oh that is a killer relationship do yourself a favor google garen madonna and you will see some of her most epic looks were his unbelievable like peak madonna most of now i shouldn't say most because that's unfair to some of Madonna's other collaborators who also have been on our show, (coughs) Orlando Pita, but there (laughs) have been some, no, I mean, Orlando's looks are incredible too, but Garen and Orlando's looks are like incredible. And we had at Bazaar this like incredible honor of shooting with Garen. He was, Garen's going to like shiv me next time he sees me, but he was 70 years old on set on a ladder doing hair. If this and man that was is back not in 2019. An icon, yes. Yes. Okay. On a ladder, doing hair, wigs, pins. One of my favorite slash like most traumatic, but favorite now in retrospect memories was like in the morning of a shoot, like running out for hat pins. So he can, <gasps> Jen remembers.
0: I do because you texted me
1: like, where do I get hat pins? And I was like,
0: I didn't even ask questions. I actually knew you were having a shoot that day. I was like, there's no time for questions. I was like, here's where to go. It was, this was a beauty emergency, everyone. It was
1: a beauty emergency, but this is the kind of a beauty emergency that only Garen can make you run around like a chicken without a head looking for hat pins. But he is a true artist and a sculptor, and there are few, if any, like him out there right now. So, Garen, I'm sorry, I've done like taking up all the time and air in the room. I just, I think you're amazing. I think you are incredible. Here, take it away. Welcome, Garrett. Welcome. Uh, hi,
2: girls. Oh, hi. <laughs> and all of our girls and guys listening. You see those arms
1: folded. Hi, girls. It's like, and a... some guys if you're
2: actually listening. Oh, we have a lot
1: of male listeners. Oh,
2: good. You yes. must know my husband, Tom Priano. We know
1: your husband, Tom Priano. I hope he's listening. So, okay, we have not enough time in this episode to really even tackle this question, but there's some people I have to ask it. How did you get your start?
2: well you 're not going to believe this. I started at thirteen. What do you mean i didn't like I always was into fashion because my mother at the at the time in the sixties was always looking at Vogue and Harper's Bazaar and I was in love with Harper's Bazaar and Vogue, and I was just like, oh my God, how do they change these people? you know these women the the models the actresses. Every month they got a different length. Their hair is either Sasuni or it's mm-hmm. Kenneth or it's Alexandre de Paris. And I'd be like so obsessed with it. And my mother was prematurely gray and she'd come back from the hairdresser and she looked like an old lady, but she was like oh. 35 years old. And I would just say, um, cut, sit down. And I would <laughs> sit her down. i brush her hair out and I would tease it up into a big bouffant. And before you know it, she had all her girlfriends from the PTA asking her who did her hair. And she goes, well, you're not going to believe it. It's my son. Wow. And they go, Donald? And she goes, no. And they go, who? And they go, Garen. And she was like, they're like, you're kidding me. He's
0: Wait, how old was Donald? Like older? Yeah, okay. like
2: 20, like 15, no, no. My 15 20 years old, so funny. older, you know.
1: Where, you grow- Where did you grow up? Niagara he- Falls. Wow. New York. This is like really. (laughs) My mother was Canadian and my father
2: was American. Okay. So anyway, long story short, on Fridays and Saturdays, I'd be going with my little blow my little hand dryer. It was like a hood dryer. Mm -hmm. And I'd buy these little booklets in the grocery store that would show you a picture and it would say Kenneth and it would show you how to set it. And then it would show Vidal Sassoon and how you would do it. And so I would bring the book and I would study it and I would go and cut you, all these girls' hair you were cutting for hundred and fifty for
1: $1.50. Oh my gosh. <laughs> A $1.50 haircut by Garen. This is the And it was like I would, I,
2: yeah, and I would tape their bangs down and you know do all these crazy things and everything came out really great and you know, it's just, uh yeah, that's how I started.
1: So this, you were, I would say you're self-taught, but then once I, you yeah, moved to well, the city, like...
2: Well, first of all, like back then, you had to go to the student counselor, like a, a, when you get to 10th grade, to To take the out, vocational test or whatever. F- what are you going to be when you grow up, you mm-hmm. know? And I was going, I want to be a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it was unacceptable. You know, he just said, this is not acceptable
1: because you were a guy? because I was a guy
2: mm-hmm. and I said no I want to be I want to do hair and he's like no uh, I have to call your father in uh, oh we're gonna God. have a conversation this is yeah. and I was like oh shit you know mm-hmm. I was like oh no what's gonna happen now they're gonna change my course you know my whole way of life and my way of thinking and so they called me back down to the office I'll make this quick and my father comes in and he goes what happened what did he do <laughs> like you got he to goes, fight. he doesn't do anything wrong. What does he do? And he says, well, do you know what your son wants to do when he grows up? And my father goes, uh, yeah. And my father was this big man and he was, you know, uh, Italian, of course. And he, he says, yeah. So what's, what, what, what do you think he wants to do? And he says, he wants to be a hairdresser. And the counselor says well that's not acceptable you know he's got to go to school he's got to go to college my father goes he's going to school he's going to hairdressing school <laughs> <laughs> I love your father for this and my father just stood there and he goes, you don't seem to understand he's going to be great he does really he what he does he does well and the counselor says i don't accept that he's going to have oh to take gosh. he's going to have to take some courses he's going to have to go even community college you know but And I went home and I was like destroyed. I was like, I don't want to go to school. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do this. I want to do what I want to do. My father says, Don't, I got you covered. I got your back.
0: That's so, that was just so heaven. I mean, it was
2: like, where do you get that? You know, back then, you listened Mm -hmm. to everything that anyone that had authority would tell you to do.
1: Times have definitely changed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's all in our
2: pot. It's all in the kids' pocket yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad your dad stood
1: up for you. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So, okay. Then you did you, you know, work in Niagara Falls as a hairstylist for a little well, while? Yeah. Or?
2: I did. I had did to you go to
1: Buffalo. What'd you do?
2: But yeah, I started in Niagara Falls because I was still underage. Mm-hmm. So my brother owned a wig salon. And so I would go in there in the back and do some hair, you know, and mm-hmm. some wigs. And then. I decided that I would enter some contests, you know, like they used to have beauty contests, beauty hair contests. And I went and did that and I won first prize. I met Christian. Oh, wow. He was one of the judges. And I said, so how do I get out of here? How do I get out of Niagara <laughs> yeah. Falls? He says, well, when you get to New York, uh, here's my phone number, give me a call. I introduce you to some people. So he introduced me to, um, I went to New York, of course, like uh, it was like flying out of there. I went to New York. He introduced me to these John and Suzanne Chadwick who worked for the Glenby company. And they introduced me. Glenby company, just so everyone would know it, they owned like 15 to 1800 salons around the world. And they were all in department stores and they were in um, hotels. So they had, they were in Bergdorf's. They were in uh, Henry Bendel at the time. And they were at Bloomingdale's and Macy's and all that. So, I went and had a big meeting with the president, vice president of the company. And they says, well, you're going to have to start in Buffalo. We'll put you in a salon in Buffalo. You prove yourself. And then we'll move you to New York. Oh, wow. So I said, OK. So I went to this salon, this uh, department store called Jen's, which was like the Bergdorf, Goodman, in Buffalo at mm-hmm. the time. And I started working the salon. My clientele followed me and I built like I was really booked like every 15 minutes. And at that point I was charging $75. <laughs> That's
1: pretty steep right though, back then, don't yeah, you
2: think? Yeah, it was. It was. Um I think the first 3 the first year I did $35 and then I quickly bumped it up to 75. And what around
1: what time is this?
2: This is in the seventies. This is in the early seventy-five
1: dollars in the seventies in Buffalo. I think that's pretty hoity. That
2: is that was very. <laughs> I it mean, was very ballsy. And, that's and, really ballsy. But the thing was, is that I had so many clients, I had to weed them out. In other words, I had down to, demand. I had to fill the other part of the salon, yeah. like the other. Then they would start going to the other kids in the right salon. So then, I met Tom, um, my husband, and he's like, you know, we can't stay here much longer. We got to get out of here. So like in 1974, he said, let's go back to Glenby and you're going to tell him you want to move to New York. So I went back to Glenby and I said, it's time. I have to move to New York. And they said, well, where are going to place you? So they sent me to like five salons in New York and they sent me to Kenneth and they sent me to Bergdorf's and they sent me to Henry Bendell and they sent me to uh, Bloomingdale's. And I was just like, oh, huh. I, I, I guess I want. I, I, would, I want either Kenneth or I want or I want Bergdorf's. So I ended up at Bergdorf's because my prices were more than what Kenneth was charging. <laughs> oh my god!
1: Who are these Buffalo ladies
0: that were like could afford they came, you? They
2: came from everywhere. They'd they were, fly in. They would bring pictures like. Pictures of what they used to look like when they were young. And you and had, say, And they say, Could you copy this? And I go, like, I think so I could you do had better.
1: Like a destination hair salon in Buffalo. Yeah. This is like untold <laughs> in Garen files. I'm sorry. I did not read about this in Allure. I love you, yeah, Linda, Linda Wells, co- but Linda, I'd have never. Linda
2: couldn't fill, fill it all in. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good. This is like the the, the archives, deep, deep Garen archives. Well, you're going, I mean, I'm going back. So I know. anyway,
2: I get into, into Bergdorf's. So they're remodeling it. And I'm like, I'm, like, looking around, and, and then all of a sudden they bring in Suga. And this was a great hairdresser from the 70s and 60s, 70s, 80s. And um, they told me, they said, well, you know, there's just one catch here. So it's going to be a Suga salon, so you're going to have to kind of lead the pack and kind of move somewhere else instead of in the center they had me in the center, mm-hmm. like I was mm-hmm. featured, you know what I mean? <laughs> so then I said, well, I'll go near like the window. billing. I'll go near the window. I don't care as long as I have, you know, I have a station that's not locked in a corner. And they said, because if you do it, everybody else will move, you know, get out of the way for all mm-hmm. his people. So I did it. So one day, Suga couldn't do a photo shoot. And I... Now I'm still working for Glenby. I am working in their creative team, so I was like one of their their um, designers, mm-hmm. you know. And so then Suga says, "Well, I can't do this Vogue shoot. Would you do it?" And I was Uh-oh, like, "Oh, I oh, see where this is yeah. going." So I did Phyllis Posnick because Glamour. I had been a Glamour hairdresser for like four year, uh, three years before that. So
1: you've been doing some editorial for Glamour?
2: For Glamour, the makeovers and Mademoiselle. They okay. did all these makeover things. <clears throat> and I started doing their covers. And so I went in and Phyllis remembered me from Glamour because she was the beauty editor of Glamour. Mm-hmm. So she's like, Garen, we're going to do Christy Brinkley and we're going to do something very avant-garde. We want you to do crimping. So I brought my crimping iron. We got this new
0: thing, the crimper. crimper, You know, it was
2: in the (laughs) 70s, so I crimped her hair and did all these crazy things with it. It was, and it became a hit. Uh, And, but not a hit. I mean, it just was like four beauty pages in Vogue was like a big deal for me, you know. And before you know it, um, I'm in the offices with meeting Polly Mellon. And Phyllis is like, here's his book. It's all glamour, but we had this one spread we did with, you know, we did with Garen. Mm-hmm. And I, and she was with Christy and, he, and Polly just looked at it and she just said, my God, I've never seen Christy look so different. You know, wow. she really looked cool mm-hmm. for a change. <laughs> <laughs> she,
1: was <laughs> a, she was not no, she all was American. A beauty. She was the all yeah. American yeah. beauty. Yeah. And,
2: and I worked with her a lot for Glamour. Um. And that was in the days when the girls did their own makeup at Glamour. Like, and they only brought in hairdressers. Right. So, so now we start at Vogue and I'm then introduced, I'm called, I do one sitting with Deborah Turville and Jade Hobson and it was a gold story with Jerry Hall and it was with all the girls, all these big This girls. is like in the
0: late 70s, right? Yeah. Okay.
2: And it was, it was like they were in, it was all an accessory story. So you had Ted Muling, and you had all this gold and everything. And Jerry, believe it or not, she knew how to take over the picture, which you can imagine. Yeah. So her hair would be to the left side, and all the girls would be on the right, on the the the, the opposite side of her. And as the picture was being taken, she'd flip her hair to cover the girls. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, how could she do that? You know, it's like. So the girls, the girls realized what was going on, so they started moving around her, so that <laughs> oh they God. would this they would really be in the funny. picture. It's
0: like a movie scene. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I I'm film picturing this, this too, <laughs> like model cattiness. Yeah.
2: And what you know, it was what it was. It came out really, it was beautiful, and I was just like, <laughs> I couldn't believe I moved to New York, and within six months, I'm doing all this work, and then. But was Poly- it that
1: Vogue shoot that really put you on the map? That connection with Polly?
2: Well the connection with Polly because what happened the was The stylist Polly. Yeah, the style Polly Mallon. I mean, mm. she was my mentor yeah. as far as for with fashion.
1: Can
0: I just point out <clears> also <throat> this is you said late 70s you're doing your Vogue shoot Fast forward to 2018, you did a Vogue cover, like, with Priyanka, like, what, like, three months ago? Yes. Your career is, what is that? I can't do math right now, 30 It's a lot of years.
2: years. It's and your eh. memory
1: is like, oh, yeah, just the other day, me and
0: Jerry Hall, like, you know, yeah, I, mean, I am impressed with the longevity of your career, so it's, I just, there's so many big names that are in it, too, so can I ask you about one of them? Yeah. I'm fast forwarding a teeny bit. Go on. Can we talk about Madonna a little bit?
2: Madonna, well... Do you want to know how this all this that was amazing? I mean, I have to say, I would be going to the clubs, you know, we were all back then, and there's this girl dancing on at the, at the I think it was at the Palladium or whatever, and she's throwing herself all over the ground and she's singing, <laughs> I'm a virgin, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, God, she's very interesting, you know, da 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 da. And I, you know, and I like, I had set my career that I wanted, I had one name and I wanted to keep it that way. But I also had all these movie stars that were in my repertoire in my head, like, you know, like Elizabeth Taylor and all Marilyn Monroe and all this and that. And one day Tom and I were driving to our house in Pennsylvania and I said, you know what I'm missing? And he goes, what? I go, I need a Marilyn Monroe. And Honest to God, three weeks later, Stephen Mizell says, We're gonna do Madonna. And I was like,
0: I'm gonna make her come Marilyn. again.
2: And he's like, We're gonna do Madonna. Yeah. And I wanna do her like a Marilyn Monroe thing. And I was just like, Yes. So <laughs> we did the cover of Vanity Fair, where she has on the Bob mm-hmm. gown, and I did her hair kind of my version of Mad- of Meryl Monroe. And then in the inside, there was all these beautiful pages, you know, where we copied her with, you know, like very sheer. And before you know it, um, I was like just always doing Madonna with Steven. And and then I became, you know, we did the sex book Mm -hmm. and we had so much fun on that because I I turned her into Ursula Andrews. I turned her into, I mean, we did so many crazy things, but it was just so cool to change her within... I think we did the whole book in, I would say, a matter of four, like a full month, but not all at the same time. Because we did it at different places. We did it in New York. We did it at Mineshaft, We did it at a sex club. We did it at the Gaiety. We went to Miami. We did it, you know, in, in Golden Beach. And we just had so much fun. And then we started, you know, then I started, I was basically did her hair for almost like, I would say, I... Uh, it would have been over 14 years and then wow. on and off, you know, like mm-hmm. she would then do something else and then it would be like, OK, I need She'd Garen, need I need Garen, <laughs> so we're going to call her, call him back, you know. And so I, ca- you know, it's still I'm in, I'm still on her radar. You know what I mean? Like,
1: she, what, is it, yeah, what is it like when celebrities like work with people a lot like and they work with someone for – I'm not talking about you specifically. I'm talking about just in general. When someone has, like, their people for a little bit and then they go to other people, like, do they say, hey, I'm going to work with this person now? Like, what is that What is that like? Well, I think – Is it formal? Is it unspoken? Is it
2: – For me, it was always unspoken and it mm-hmm. wasn't a problem. It was because I was brought up in fashion. So it was like I was doing a different model all the time. Mm-hmm. And you have to – you know, she did do other shoots with other – photographers who had their teams and I think that's the grooming that I had was that you know you have your team that the photographer has and the editor has and then you you go on and you move on to someone else and then you come back to that person but like you know but during the time of Madonna, Madonna wasn't like I wasn't going doing her hair every night or every day when she went somewhere. It was like, right, you know, it was for a project or it was for something. I understand. Else. And also, I always kept, I, I was brought up that I would keep my respectful distance, where nowadays people get right in, I would, I mean, I have to say in bed with them, meaning they, they are demanded by the artist, and the artist really sucks the blood out of them. I,
1: we've seen that with, um, you know, Jen and I, obviously, we talk to makeup artists and hairstylists all the time, but we notice some of them are very close to talent, especially if it's like a celebrity. And it does seem—I I feel like I'm speaking for you, Jen. I don't mean to, but like I'm kind of amazed by— the line that is eroded with some of them, and it it's worrying. But some of them, I do see, like yourself. Um, I always think, like, how do they pay them then? Like, are you paying me for this hair this
0: time? Are you not paying me? Because is this a payday or just a
1: friend day? Or just you the know? emotional labor of like being at their yeah. beck and call, and like. Being with their kids, being on the plane twenty four seven, the Instagram, the, like I'm goofing around with them on the like it doesn't feel really See, professional. See I didn't
2: d never did that. That yeah. is how I draw I drew the line. Kept it professional. I kept it really professional and Madonna respected that and she respected my point of view. Um, because you were seeing it through the lens of Steven Mizell or Steven Klein, or do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. like it's like so. You like, have what, the
0: expertise. All of it's idea. like
2: the thing that I have, and I'm very lucky. Is like when, I'm talking of big celebrities mm-hmm. back in the day, mm-hmm. when they would come to a shoot and they were put in my hands, they already respected. My work, yeah, yeah. You get, you're getting ethic. the Garen right now. Yeah. Work ethic, yeah. And today, when you get new talent, and I'm not downing them, I just think they don't have. I think their handlers and all that do more harm to them than letting them experiment with new people. Right like and they're I, in a bubble, yeah. and it's like they're locked in this box, and they always look the same, mm-hmm. and they end up. N- the artist meaning the hairdresser or the makeup artists end up being attached to them and there is no other challenge that they have they just have the same routine that it's they're doing day in and day out pony. i couldn't Put the do that in the ends yeah. i mean i i just couldn't go there you know mm-hmm. i mean because i my whole career's been a hairdresser in a salon a hairdresser on a fashion shoot hairdresser on a commercial a hairdresser for product for yeah. or designer and it's like I know all of the aspects of creating a beautiful photograph and making someone look the best they can mm-hmm. and not not try to make them like oh I, I want them to be photographed you know yeah. you know what I mean because I didn't grow up in that they I mean I grew up in the era of Studio 54 where everybody was with everybody and you had royalty next to you, you had celebrity next to you, you didn't have to go through this team of bodyguards and and <laughs> this team of publicists and all yeah. that you know and and that's what I love about you know doing new people but then when you hit this snag somewhere where you get uh, a new actress that is uh, somehow in her head thinks that you know you have to do what they like. Mm-hmm. I'm turned off. I mean, it's not that I want to do what I want to do, but I want to have a conversation. I hear you. I remember there was one time, and I'm one time there was this one artist that her husband wanted me to make her over. And she was she's a great singer. And so she made an appointment to come to the salon because Stephen was was shooting her. Mm-hmm. And my salon was at Henry Bendel at the time, and I could see the Trump Tower. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now she's late. She's making me wait. And I don't like to be waiting. Uh oh. Sorry, so we were late. I s- no, we were on time. He oh, was yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> you're, you're I was early. Early. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> um, the story goes that she finally gets in the car and drives. She could have walked Kitty Corner. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. But she gets in her limo no. with her posse. <gasps> And I see this all playing out because I have a window.
0: (laughs) You're like, Are you kidding me? No,
2: I'm now laughing. No, she did not. Oh, she did. And so No, she did not. Yes, she did. And so she gets to the salon and they escort her to my station. This is so
1: embarrassing. And all
2: her crew is around her and they're all talking. And I just looked at I I got in front of her and the station and I looked at her and I said, You do speak. Because I know you can sing, yeah. I said. So can we have a conversation? What oh, you want? Oh my god! And I said, you know something? I want you all of you to get out. I says I will not carry. Yeah. I will not take this any further unless you all leave and I have my conversation with her. Yeah, and she goes, that would be great. And, and then she just, you know, at that point, it was like, well, I liked it. And then I says, all right. We're making you over, man. So the whole <laughs> idea of this is that we gotta come to some agreement. Yeah. So we did. And we ended up it was a great moment and it was a great moment for her. And but to this day, I just got called to do her um for some billboard awards. And I just looked at the, I looked at my agent. I said, are you kidding me? I said, there's nothing I could do with her anymore. I said, because (laughs) she's so stuck in In this one look. look. Look." And and I just said, you know, it's going to be just too much work and it's not worth it for me.
0: that but once i stuck with the habit i really noticed a difference in my skin i am not the only one in a clinical study taking hyacera for 90 days led to a 3.6 time reduction in crow's feet wrinkles as compared to placebo You are kind of known, though, for these transformations. like, And I think that that's why people come to you, right? Well,
1: so yeah, we wanted to I ask hope. you about that. You I don't hope. think?
2: I hope. Yeah. yeah. You um,
1: are the transformation guy.
2: That sounds good. <laughs>
1: well, didn't you do Linda Evangelista? Well, did you cut was, her into that bob?
2: I cut her into bob. We made her blonde. We made her red. Yeah. You know, we did all kinds of, you know, we did the skater board haircut, where we clipped up the back of her mm-hmm. head. But that was a time that models weren't being dictated by big companies that they had to grow their hair, you know, or they had to right. have long hair. And, uh, you know, you could, Chris McMenemy, like, yeah. you know, you have all these girls and you could shake, you could do anything you wanted to their hair and they still were able to work for companies, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but it's, it, it's very interesting nowadays. It's, it's, it's a flip, you know, it's like you're at their mercy. Yeah. And. You know, and it's like I'm so lucky that I work with such great photographers that want to transform people. And now we have wigs and stuff like mm-hmm. that. We can do trans. I mean, it's like when Nicole Kidman sees me and we're working together, and she's like, "Who am I going to be today?" Mm-hmm. You know, and it's so nice because she goes, "Like, what's the play? What are we doing?" <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's, it's like it's like I have this hair and I want to wear it like this. No, it doesn't. It it's kind of not like that. And even like even working with the you know like Kim Kardashian, she's like. So what are you going to do with me? You know, like she lets you she lets go. Car, yeah. she, you know, and, she's
1: not beholden to anyone. She holds all the cards. I think well, that's why, and
2: she does have her team. Yeah. You know, and she and if she's got a fight for a team member, she'll fight for her makeup artist instead of her hairdresser. Mm-hmm. But it's weird, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the
0: business has changed a lot. What about like a real woman though? Like with the transformation thing, like we're not celebrities what if we want to have that kind of moment where we get a transformation and we have a you know people see us and they're like wow in the way they do when they saw madonna looking like i'm looking like marilyn monroe is it always hair do you think
2: no it's got to be the whole deal yeah mm-hmm. um i'm that's my that's one of my things is that i i'm intrigued i kind of dictate to them if you're going to change your hair color or you're going to we're going to cut it this certain way You have to own it. And by owning it, it means think about the way you're going to dress. Think about what you're going to do. Think about how your makeup's going to change. And I say, I'm not the know-it-all, but I do know that if you're going to go short and you're going to have to own it, it's not going to be a hat. And, (laughs) you know, you might wear a different type of trouser or you might wear, you know, like a man's shirt or just a simple – you know, it's kind of pulling from – all the historical moments of when women were, you know, you kinda kinda want them to be a little masculine, but also very sexy. And it's kinda like I have all that in my brain because of the time that I've I've done this and what I've followed in fashion. So it's like I automatically know if it's a center part or a side part because I want her to be a little dominant or a little dominatrix. Mm. Or Something a little, and I also have had all but these. She's got
1: to do the whole thing. Well, it's not
2: doing it's just pick up on it and own it. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's, don't just
1: like cut your hair and, then, and don't like, become your t shirt and you're like your, don't, your, like, your yeah, dress. Don't come your,
2: yeah. pl- become platinum and still wear a little flowered dress
1: or get
0: your bangs and then like go to office and everybody, do you like my bangs? Do you like my like own the bangs?
2: Own it, own yeah, the fringe because yeah. like fringe that. can change your whole appearance.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: and. It's not about a little bit of fringe, you know. Oh, I'll have a few bangs. I'm like, no way, man. You gotta go all in with bangs. You're going there. It's
1: a commit to the look. Commit to the look. Become this
2: this, this character and have fun. You're a woman, you could do anything you want, and you don't have to answer to anyone but yourself.
1: You should do like ads. Yeah. I don't know. I just, or like voiceover. No, no, I just, I I feel like you're very clear in your messaging and it's just like you understand the world of hair and like, and what it can do for the rest of your image and the way you feel. No
0: one's ever like cried in your chair though that you gave them this amazing look. You're like, own it, girl. And they look in the mirror and they like fall apart.
2: um, Because we've all been there. No, I've had, I have had one crazy that was in my chair that. (laughs) I cut her hair and I blew it out. And she's telling me she looked like Harpo Marx and Bozo. And I said, all right, Bozo had frizzy hair. Like the clown? Like the clown. I said, <laughs> Bozo had frizzy hair. Your hair is brown and it's silky. And I says, I guess you just... It's, it, I, and I think her whole MO was that she wanted a good haircut, but she didn't want to pay for it. I
1: was about to say, <gasps> she wanted she a she she So I a told the freebie. desk, I
2: said, comp her. And tell her to forget. And then she our, walked out. She was like, "I our love num- my hair. Lose our number. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so funny. I've been around the block a few times. Oh I know exactly. Don't mess with Garen. I just know what's going <laughs> can you, on. Can you,
1: can you see a crazy from like you know <laughs> like ten miles away? Can you kind of sense? Well, you
2: when you do your consultation because I always consult.
1: Oh, what's a consultation like?
2: Well, it's like finding out what the, what they do. What, what what's your lifestyle? What, do you have two lives? Do you have? your daytime casual and at night do you get done up or do you are you expected Mm -hmm. to dress a certain way because of your husband's business or whatever
0: you you know your business (laughs) or her
2: business (laughs) but you you know what i'm saying it's it's like
0: you know everybody was thinking it
2: (laughs) but the thing is is that you you know people don't stop and think what's happening after five you know and I can refer I can say this honestly that Tom, my husband, met this client and they it was through Farah Fawcett and Farah and I were friends for for decades. Um and I took the Farah out of Farah. If you wanna oh. I took the Farah flip yeah. out of her and cut her hair into a bob and did oh her for God. Vogue and did it very sleek and very I straight. Love that. And f- we worked through all these different looks that she had. But my husband met another friend of hers and he went to her apartment and she had a Mickey Mouse t-shirt on and a <laughs> pair of tights and she says I want my hair cut and I you know she had the black <laughs> long hair and Tom just went chopping at it and gave her a rock star haircut like Rod not Rod Stewart but like you know like all shaggy and yeah. like really cool and so then all of a sudden he gets a phone call and he says, well, my husband, you, I got a problem. I don't know what to do with my hair at night. <laughs> and I'm like, so Tom explains to me, he goes, I like, this person and then that. I said, did you ask her who her husband is, you know? And he says, no, I didn't want to get, go there. I was, was the with, I was with Farah and I was having fun. We were playing <laughs> and, you know, and I cut her hair off. And so I find out it's like one of the wealthiest families in New York. This is in the 70s, like late 70s. And every night is formal night and it is big time. Like, like they dress for like dinner. Like couture. And, and
0: now she's got like the Joan Jet shag. She, yeah, she's
2: got the shag and it's not the time <laughs> to have amazing. the shag. So I go over to the uh, to the house and I'm talking to her and I said, and so what is... Well, tonight I have to go, you know, we're having this big party dinner and I'm wearing Valentino and I says, show me the dress, She shows me the dress. <laughs> it's the one I just shot for couture. It's like fur around the neck, low in the back. And it's like a black, it's so gorgeous. You know what I mean? Really, really big time. And I'm like, Tom, you kind of like screwed this up, you know, because (laughs) she's got... The head doesn't match the the, body. It's not matching the dress. (laughs) So what do you do? And I said, well, let's just blunt the bottom off a little bit and then we'll blow it really sexy over your eye. And she had all this stuff up here and so we we <laughs> faked it you know we got it th- we got her through it You I know, was what I was mean? thinking
1: a little fancy hat guy no it wasn't about <laughs> or that wig. Like, and please.
2: it was like her husband says oh thank god you guys got oh it together god. you got her together you know this and it was so we were laughing so hard but then <laughs> you know then she ended up with a really severe short bob with a big hank of a big wave over one eye and so she owned she was owning her look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the day, during the day, she still was owning her look, you know?
1: So you bring up an interesting point, like, which is, you know, like like nighttime hair, daytime hair. You read, you, I read an article with you um, recently, and it was a little of an older article, but you said something that was really funny. You said, I mean, you always have lots of little funny quips. I don't know if you realize that. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I,
2: I do understand that I do have a wicked tongue but, sometimes. But I think
1: you're, I think you're a truth teller, Garen. That's why I like you. You said, I think younger women feel if they put themselves together too much, they look too old fashioned. And you said, it's like how you learn to put makeup on. You know, a lot of women learn to put makeup on, that they should learn how to put Put how to do, how to do their hair now? As somebody who I know, Jen knows that she's seen it firsthand. She was horrified. I don't know how to do my hair. <laughs> do not put a hot tool in this woman's hand. No, it's like it's, it's any kind. No, no, I, I don't even know. a blow dryer. <laughs> no, right. so maybe even a blow dryer. I, you know, for me, nighttime hair is basically I brush it or I get someone to <laughs> professionally do it. But what about your charity galas, Jess? <laughs> I would love to go to a charity. I know,
2: but I know what you are saying. I
1: would, I would love my husband to take me out to all these fancy business events. I think well, that sounds. It's fun. not the life anymore. Yeah. That's, that, that's, well, that's not what's of, going on. That's anymore. your question, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, do you think that things have changed, or you think? Do you think that women? Just kind of like don't know how to like. Is that a, is that a dying art? Like what happened? Hair dressing, you know.
2: I, I think yeah. I think we got into this. You know, we I've been through the grunge stage. You know, we created that. You know, with Mizell and we. You know, How many guests my, have we
0: had that are like, well, I, when we created the grunge look, and well, he's the, not lying, but,
1: but you it was actually like, work with that's my That's what I'm saying. Down. Yeah,
2: but it was with McMenemy and, and it was no, with, no, it was, I, with, with all those girls. Did you do
1: the hair on the uh, Periella show? Was that you?
2: Not the show, but I did the fat. Oh, the, oh, the, the, sh- Vogue, the, Vogue, the Vogue shoot. The
1: famous Vogue shoot. That's yes, what I'm saying. He's were, not lying. Yeah.
2: You know, so it was like the makeup was raw. Everything was – that's what I'm saying, like – You can't wear grunge and have your hair blown out.
1: I'm going to call you the godfather of grunge now. I was
2: already called the godfather of hair. The last folks (laughs) big story when I cut off Carly Kloss's hair. Oh,
1: wow. Oh, yes, that was you. When
2: I whacked it off. So So you
0: did the minimalism. You did the grunge. Yeah, so
2: it's like uh, what I find now is that when there is a big event and they call in people to do their hair and their makeup, One's got to sacrifice. You can't have both. You can't have full makeup and then big hair, you know, big hair. Mm -hmm. And it's like sometimes there's these young models and some young actresses that go out and they're so overly made up and so overly done that you don't even recognize who they are. Mm -hmm. And they're so pretty just being themselves you know like what i mean by themselves like less is more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so they hire a team or they you know their their group hires a team they go in and they do the the look you know but they're not really knowing how the hairdressers nowadays don't know how to do a look they sort of like
0: because the makeup is usually the look these days
2: well it's kind of taking over because the hair is you know it's with that curling wand with the the straight end, you know, yeah. they're doing that stupid, that oh, like undone done look that looks like you don't you...
0: leave the ends out on a curling iron. oh <laughs> no beachy wave for I... garen
2: No, I go for a beachy wave. But you like to but I want of a of be- No, I want a beachy wave. Okay, I want it to be able to the girl can run her hands through it.
0: Right, not. I don't a pa- want. We, we call I don't it pageant curls. I
2: don't want it to be like it's so stuck there that you can't mess it up. Yeah, pageant curls,
1: pageant waves. Wait, do that noise again. <laughs> Which one? There a lot of noise, like you stepped on a mouse with your bare foot. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Wait. What else is on your Gary No No list?
2: Well, I. And also learn how to use product. You know, like being with Iron Co. we have you nice know they're, they're segue. three of literally our three next of our question was about Iron Co. You know we have Howard Mc, Howard McLaren who is known for his razor cuts and using lots of product because his background was bumble and bumble and he you know he uses product completely different than I do and Tom does. Tom is like a master of Undone hair. Yes, These are done. the
0: co-founders of R and Co. Yeah, that, that's my three of us.
2: It's not know.
1: just like to you, the Mojave Desert. There's, There's Tom. myself,
2: yeah. Tom Priano, and Howard McLaren. Yeah. And
1: Tom is Tom is your husband. And
2: Tom is my husband. And Tom worked a lot with Bruce Weber, and he did a lot of lifestyle mm-hmm. work. He did all the Abercrombie and all that kind of stuff, which we wouldn't be allowed to it's do. Like the Charlie's nowadays, Angels of hair. You know, three different nowadays. styles. Yeah. yeah. So you know, Tom is like the men's groomer, and he's done so many. So many famous people and so many great models. And he worked a lot with Kelvin when Kelvin was Kelvin Klein, the real Kelvin. Mm-hmm. And he did all those commercials with Christie, and, you know, all that kind of natural hair but undone. You have yeah. which very now, distinctive styles. Very, like, yeah. very simplistic but very sexy and very mm-hmm. touchable. And then you have Howard who— is like you know he 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 razor cuts the hair and he moves it around uses a lot of product it becomes sexy and kind of uh, kind of almost rocks it's kind of a broken rock star but it's not really because it's there's a thing about it that is touchable mm. you know and it and then there's me that I I cover the gamut but I'm more theatrical yeah and, um,
1: that's a great word to describe you theatrical uh,
2: and in. Why I'm saying that is because I really believe in. I, if, from working with magazines and working on real clients, you have to know how to finish hair, and you have to know how to use the right tool or the right thing to accommodate them and make them feel. You know, you're working with anybody. You know, and you have to kind of make it happen. And you know, if if you're working with a, you know, one of the photographers, I worked with Penn for years, and I. Was you know the pen's light? I know the pen's light was one big light, it was so strong that if I was doing wispy hair or hair that was sticking out and being mm-hmm. like extraordinarily grand, I'd have to make it three times the size, and each spike would be three times the width because the light would blow it out to make it look like it was a wisp. Then you worked with Avedon, who wanted the girl to be luxurious and very sexy, but raw or whatever way you wanted to go. So you had to learn how to do the hair for that lighting. And then you had Stephen Mizell that we did a lot of characters and we did a lot. The girl, He trained models to be models, you know, like Avedon did. I mean, Linda learned how to move every muscle in her face mm-hmm. because Stephen would, and I, would. we would play and we had Francois. And you know now he works with Pat McGrath, but it would be like just name dropping colors there in the mix. Pull, yeah. pull this muscle, find that muscle, you know, pull mm-hmm. this in, yeah. and it would like I I would enjoy working and creating this because all I'd have to do is go up to Lyndon, touch her hair, and then just go boop, <laughs> pull that in, and, and she and could. done. Do you, you think
1: know? there are photographers now who are treating models the same way and training models the same way?
2: Absolutely not, not. There's nobody being trained there. Um, Steven Klein can train a model. He wants them to really replicate, you know, imitate him basically, but he still loves a beautiful, odd, strange, or, mm-hmm. you know, there's something very sexual about it. But I've, you know, working with the new group, mm-hmm. um, I, first of all, they're intimidated when I'm booked, you know, because I'm Garen. Mm-hmm. and so I have to break that barrier down and mm-hmm. like like I'm used to having a conversation. Like with younger
0: photographers or models are you talking about?
2: Younger photographers. Okay. Um because you have to break that barrier down because I'm so used to having a conversation like what are we going to do today? Yeah. What do you, how do you want her to look? You know, I it's not how I want her to look. I want to know how do you want you know, are we doing a lot of makeup? No makeup. Are we doing wet hair? Yeah. You know, what do you what do you feel? And they really don't have a point of view. They just want you to get them ready, and throw them out there, and then they're going to take pictures. I mean, so they're um, intimidated by the talent. Well, maybe, but may, but they have their own crew. You know what I mean? They have yeah. their own group that they they're comfortable with. Yeah. And that's the difference. You know. So you know, I I just you know I'm just so vocal or so. My eye sees everything. You know, because yeah. I was trained by Polly Mellon yeah. and I was trained by these these big photographers that I zero in on a collar or I zero in on a, on what's not working, not what is working.
1: No, I I saw you on set and you really do you clock everything. You're not just looking at the hair and that's interesting. I think, you know, um we do have a lot of hairstylists who listen to a lot of beauty professionals who do work on set or you know find themselves working with images and I think people uh, even I, you know, I learned this from you, just working on set with you. Like, I tend to think like I'll stay in my lane. You know, this, this is, this is, I focus on this. But you are looking at everything, and you are not afraid to speak up. I know you're in a different position than I am, but I, it was really inspiring. Not, not really,
2: no, because I'm to respect what you're looking for.
1: Well, that's true, but I just mean like you're, you know, you're I'm like you've been doing this for you know decades longer than I have. But at the same time it's you're like we're all you are very democratic and collaborative like we're all looking at this image together right and i thought that was really cool but is that someone's role as a hairstylist or makeup artist
2: um i I think you have to you have to walk you have to tiptoe into that read the room yeah you know you got to read the room and you gotta know how to say it Mm -hmm. and I have, you know, I happen to have a big mouth. So it's like, you know, when I work with Matt and Marcus and, you know, they're the they're genius when it comes to to retouching like like digitally mm-hmm. the thing before the model walks or the actress walks <laughs> to the the monitor. You know what I mean? And and it's like I'm just like, whoa, you know, you just put Amber's mouth on. What's her name? And you just did this or that or whatever. And, you know, it's like they respect. My point, I'm like, well, don't you think that I should flatten the hair a little bit on the left It's a little too big or either make it all bigger or take it down? Mm-hmm. And then you become part of that, that unit. Collaboration, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we you're talking about the shoot that we did, yeah. it was about – it was yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing was is that one was – so grand and so ridiculous and so over the top. And I my point at that moment was I didn't want to wear. I did I knew they wanted me to wear something that wasn't me. Mm-hmm. And I I said, All right, I'm gonna give in and do it. And then when I saw it on the monitor, I'm saying, no, it's not.
0: You're, you could be flexible, I'm too, but I'm to a too
2: point. old to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. I mean, I I'll was laugh. honest. I looked at it, and I said it's distracting from the point you of right. view. Yeah, and I said just trust me. Let me go back and put something else. And I said because I'm not. You know, I'm not 20 years old. I'm not 30 years old. I'm at a certain level in my life that I have a certain look, and I went along with part of it and we got an amazing picture but but the point was is that i was distracting from what the picture was supposed to be mm-hmm. about because i was kind of in a clown outfit can i ask
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'll let you to address that later before we let you go out we started to talk about product and then we sort of stopped but can we go back to R and co for a second Absolutely. and just products in general like what is in the Garen kit these days
2: like, all my and Co. Everything, is it everything.
0: Like, do you wish you've had this line for twenty years? And um, it's a whole different it's beat.
2: For, it's all. It's a different beat for me. When I first did my own line, I wanted to simplify things and make it like I needed seven products because I didn't want to drag this big kid around. Mm-hmm. Then, when we did and Co., it was like we need something for this because everybody's using natural hair. Well, we have to make them so look many like textures. Look yeah. like natural hair, but you don't want it to look too greasy. You don't want it to look too this, too that, too over-dried. So we had to come up with different dry shampoos because Howard would like one, Tom would like another one, and I would like another one. How many
0: dry shampoos are there?
2: We have like five.
0: So many. Wow. But
2: it's all for specific things. It all does something different.
0: Yeah, so these lines that are really trying to simplify it, it's just... Well, it's
2: just that it it becomes like a creative thing. It's like, how many hairsprays do you need? Which you one know? do
0: you run out of first in your kit of all the R&Co products?
2: I would say Outer Space what, Hairspray. What,
0: it's a hairspray, okay.
2: And then I, the second thing I run out of would be Skyline. What's that? It's a dry shampoo, but it's a powder. Um, and then the third thing that I would run out of would be... Um, trophy and um, the oil tinsel. And then we have this new thing that we just uh, launched last year, and it was called glittering, which I absolutely love. You shake it and it's gold.
0: Oh, it's actual glitter.
2: It's glitter. It's gold. It's gold comes out of the bottle gold and like, it makes like the, the m- hair sparkle
0: oh how much does this shit cost
2: it's pure gold <laughs> it's it's not pure gold but it's, it's just, gold sparkles uh, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's little 12 year old really jess spa- just got very I'm like, excited i'm going crazy is, your, is this something like it's, it's not for work right it's for more like <laughs> it's like it's like <laughs> it's your if you, after five if, your hair, gala feel, gala if hair. your hair
2: feels dry and flat and in, mm-hmm. in, in, in kind of like Dull, mm-hmm. you just spritz a little of this on and the hair just starts to shine again. That it looks,
1: sounds like it's for work. Okay, cool. It's clean.
2: <laughs> it, you know, it's just there's so many cool. There's so many cool. I fell in love with Waterfall. That's another one. That is adding so moisture you don't have to products the hair. Is this from
0: any other brand that you in use? My pro- in my kit? It's a big enough line.
2: It's a big enough line, but I do have one Garen product that I keep.
0: From your,
1: or, your
2: my original line. Are
1: you still making the original Garen products? No. The no. website's still alive. You got to shut that down. It's still down. live. No,
2: no, we still sell what we have. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> oh,
1: okay. I'm just
2: not reproducing <laughs> okay, anything. Okay, got new. it. All
1: right. So, get it while it lasts guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um can we ask you about some of your products that like the other not products that R&Co doesn't make like skincare, home fragrance, things like that because you have very refined taste. I want to know what's happening. In your bathroom, oh. <laughs> Tom and Garen's bath. Yeah, what's, what's happening? Well, Tom has one.
2: Sh- Tom has one shelf.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're the maximalist,
2: and I have four shelves. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds
0: like my apartment. What well, are on them? Tom
2: is so he's a vegan. Okay, and so everything he has is all natural. Okay. which is he uses three things, four things. Okay, okay? is are vegan Yes, totally okay. vegan. Okay, and well,
1: obviously, yeah, if he's Thomas. Oh part yeah, line, and
2: yeah. then. You have Garen, you know, and that's four <laughs> lines. And it's like my night creams and my day creams and my, you know, analic. You know, I have Dr. Analic. He's mm-hmm. keeping me looking the same for the last since Fred passed away. Mm-hmm. And that's Dr. Fred Brandt. He was my best friend. And Dr. What's analic. What's your
0: day cream and night cream?
2: Well, it's a combo platter. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Sisley freak. <gasps> and I'm also still using some of Dr. Brandt's products. Uh, but I Sicilia, not Sicily. Sicilia. <laughs>
0: is this that
1: Black Rose mask business that you the, love?
0: Sicily, the, no,
2: is it, no Sicilia it's
1: is like the like the White Line. It's and the, the White yeah. Line that oh. just came out, and oh. I've been
2: using Sicilia for... Expensive taste, Garen. Yeah, but I only have one face. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I have no hair. I can't do anything with my hair. So I have to splurge somewhere. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. You're saving on hair. And I'll tell
2: you a little cute story. Tom was shopping with me and I bought some Sicilia and he looked at the bill and he goes, that's not right. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. So he goes, well, I want a bracelet every time you buy Sicilia. I go what are you talking about? He goes, I want a Chrome Hearts bracelet or I want an Hermes <laughs> bracelet. So every time, every time, he's now stacked, his whole arm is stacked. One for him, one for me, one for <laughs> you, one for me. And I was like, you know, it makes sense. Okay, if I'm spending $2,000 on products, he can get a $2,000 bracelet. You know, but those days are gone where he's getting the bracelets because he can't hold his arms up anymore. But, but your face still looks my, good, Garen. Well, that's because <laughs> Dr. Robert Analik and Cecilia and that's Dr. Funny. Brandt's products have been holding it together.
1: Well, you look And I have a
2: routine, and, you know, I try.
1: It's working. it's working. Yep. (laughs) Garen, you're great. (laughs) This
2: is great. Thank you so much. We had fun. We hope
0: you enjoyed the show. It's your reviews and feedback that help us make the podcast even better. Head over to iTunes to rate and review us, or email your thoughts to info at fatmascara.com.
1: We also want to answer your beauty questions and hear what products you love.